On this month's show, we have two guest segments, Trin Nguyen of Basa on Bainbridge and Wade Hashimoto and Stephen Ariel of W. Seattle. We'll be discussing disappointment and happiness with various food experiences. And oddly, we also have a dinosaur report. As always, we'll share events and news bites. You'll hear it all on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Pogacha Restaurant and Bar, located on Mercer Island. Locally owned and operated since 1997, Pogacha offers unmatched Northwest cuisine with an Adriatic flair. Quality food prepared simply, freshly, and with care means every visit is memorable. Come revel in their relaxed atmosphere while enjoying hand-selected fish, brine chicken, and scratch sauces. More information is available online at pogacha.com. Hi, this is Kathy Casey. Welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Welcome to our May show, number 2205. I'm Connie Adams, senior editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, publisher and owner of Seattle Dining. Howdy, 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 howdy. Oh, Oops. Wait. Did you, I, I got it stuck in the continuous loop. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking maybe there was a crack on the record or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a couple things to talk about in our opening area here. Um, the first is unexpected. You would not expect to hear this on the Seattle Dining Show. But we went and saw the dinosaur exhibit in Seattle. Mm-hmm. We're getting the dinosaurs out of the way right away, aren't we? Yes, we are, because okay. it has nothing to do with food or beverage, unless you consider that you could possibly have been food for them. I wonder what it would have been like to eat like dinosaur sausage. Yeah, I think you would be the sausage more than they would be the sausage. Huh. But you never know. They well, no, they're all vegetarians, aren't they? A lot, most of them. A lot of them were. I don't know. I won't yeah. say most of them. Um, but, you know, it, they could have been farm-raised, so you might get sausage off farm-raised dinosaurs. Oh, is there like GMO dinos? Could be. Hmm. Could be. I don't know. But uh, we had kind of a different experience. Tom was like, um, whatever, and I was running around taking pictures and really enjoying myself. So um, I think, if, especially if you have kids, that is a really fun thing to do. And we had gone to the, I will say Van Gogh, but I know it's like Van Gogh exhibit, and it's the same people who have done the dinosaur exhibit. So we thought, hey, we're going to go check that out. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, you know it's May, and uh, happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. It's coming really soon. So we, uh, we, we really dug in in April and uh, went out and taste-tested five different Mexican restaurants in search of the perfect nachos. Yes, we did. And we're, and we're putting it up on the Seattle Dining uh, magazine too, so you can well, read it's it. It's there now. Oh, that's right. It is there yeah. now because we were going to have it ready. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really fun. I think we were surprised by some of the. Uh, we were very surprised by um, El Boracho because we did not know they had gone a hundred percent plant based. Yeah. But actually, I, th- I thought their protein sub. Of Saitan was pretty good. It wasn't. We we had the uh, impossible ground beef. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So. So uh, we'll just rush to the end, which was that we think that cactus actually has the best nachos. Yep. And interestingly, we 
we were um, voting on various things like guacamole, not, uh, beans, chips, how it stands up. They didn't actually win on every category, but overall, the flavor was better. We really liked their yeah. guacamole. And I've liked their nachos for years. Yeah. We used to go just to have nachos for lunch. We used to go down there to Madison Park and get them, and they were really good. Mm-hmm. And they, they used to make them twice as big, I think, in Madison Park, and then they sort of cut down the recipe. They had two sizes. Yeah. They had a big yeah. size and a small size, and now it's just one size. But um, they are still good. So the other fun thing we did was went to the Mariner's Food Options event. So every spring they have media in and they present all the new stuff that's going to be on. And, you know, they like to use local people. Um, And, in fact, here is your – these are your notes. Oh, yeah. Um, We took notes as we ate so we wouldn't forget things. Um, This this is also going to be up in the magazine. But um, it's been kind of fun because they brought in the uh, Marination Mobile people. That's a new one. They brought Just Poke in. Um, I can never say this word. It's pure, uh, is it Akai or Asai? A-C-A-I. I think it's Akai. Akai. Um, and they have uh, Fuku in the T-Mobile pen with a spicy fried chicken sandwich. So do you want to pick out a couple that you thought were really good? Sure. Um, uh, I tasted the uh, Holy Smoke Barbecue Smoke Brisket combo platter smoked for 12 hours and uh what i got out of that was i thought the sauce was really good yeah and the brisket was very tender yeah yeah and then uh, another one that i really liked was the nutella toast from purikai he liked it so much that you actually made it for a friend who came over for dinner as our dessert I did and I didn't. I yeah. created my own Nutella. Nutella is actually a brand name for uh, starting basically with a hazelnut mm-hmm. spread and then adding things to that. And uh, I went to the grocery store and I looked at the label on the Nutella and I looked at the nutritional information and I said, I'm not putting that in my body. Yeah. So, uh, so I went and made my own and uh, it came out pretty good. Yeah. So I've got a nice jar of hazelnut, all organic hazelnut here now, and I'm going to make up some more Nutella. I made mm-hmm. it with uh, with uh, cacao powder yeah, to get the chocolatiness in it, into it. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. It was very good. One of the things I liked was um, the Hawaiian ahi poke bowl from Just Poke. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. Really good poke. Really yeah. fresh. Mm-hmm. I think it was poke. Oh, no. I think it was tuna. (laughs) I think it was something just delicious. I don't know what it was. Um, The marination uh, Aloha slider was pretty good. It was um, very tender. The Kahlua pork was very tender. And I'm not a big coleslaw person, but theirs was really crisp and and had a good flavor. So I I like that. So, you know, um, people say, well, I'm not really into baseball. And that's fine. You don't have to be. And if you want to have a, a little fun tasting different foods, I'd say get a couple of uh, outfield seats yeah, and go down and just uh, work your way around the ballpark because mm-hmm. there's all these good vendors in there. And this is way better than 
uh, just going to, you know, I used to go to the Dodgers when I was a little kid in L.A., and all it was was hot dogs, Dodger dogs, yeah. hamburgers. That was all there was. But uh, we got a lot of good food in our ballpark right now. Um, the other thing, too, they made a point of sharing with us that day that um, they're really trying to focus on fans and making it a great fan experience. So one of the things they've done is they've got a $20 deal where you get a ticket, and you better believe it's probably way out there, Um a refillable drink, and Swire Coca-Cola has come in and taken over the Pepsi spot, and a dog. So for twenty bucks, a hot dog, a hot dog, yeah, not a not a real dog, <laughs> not a dinosaur dog, not a dinosaur dog, <laughs> no dinosaur sausage. Um, so that you know that's really fun. And then if you've got the extra cash and want something, you know, give that give your dog to your kids, and then you go get. A great slider or a poke bowl or some yeah. brisket. Yeah. We got some good wine out there too. Chateau Saint Michel, yeah. H3. And they've even done a little pairing for you. So mm-hmm. some of these things, like um, the Saint Michel Rose, was to go with the uh, Hawaiian Ahi Poke Bowl. So that's kind of a fun thing. They've got a Cabernet Sauvignon, and they, they paired with the smoked brisket combo platter you talked about. And if you're uh, if you're looking for this on social media, um, put in the hashtag TMP Foodie, all one word, TMP like T-Mobile Park Foodie, and uh, you might see other stuff coming up from other people and, and get their opinions too. Yeah, it was fun. It's always fun to do that. So the last thing I wanted to talk about right up front here is you did a little comparison because the Amazon. Is it Amazon Fresh? Fresh. Yeah, opened in the north end fairly close to you, and you thought you would just check it out and see what you thought. So we went in together. Yeah. Did a little, kind of a quick little breeze through. And, you know, uh, uh, anybody who listens to the show knows that in my house, uh, you know, it's not that I'm a health nut, because I like a good Big Mac here and there, you know? But in my house, everything is clean, organic, grass-fed, whatever. So um, first thing we did was we went over, you know, I mean, what else would anybody do? The first thing you do when you go to a new market is you go check out the bacon. Of course. <laughs> goes without saying. So uh, saw the bacon. They had the bacon that we like, which is the uh, Applegate Organics. And uh, that is going for... Ten seventy nine up at Central Market right now, or mm-hmm. Town and Country. Uh, it's going for six 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 seventy nine at Amazon Fresh. That's a big difference. Yeah, that's four dollars difference. Yeah. And then if you buy four packs of it, you just save sixteen dollars. Yeah. So we did. So we did. And then uh, I don't know. We looked around, and it's it's never easy going to a new grocery store the first time because you don't know where anything is. So we kind of. Looked around. We tried to go down the alcohol aisle. That was kind of bizarre that because they ID you when you go in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know I still look like I'm 16 and all, so <laughs> not a big deal. I think he's dyslexic. But uh, so we left. We, 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 we You know, all you got to do is grab the bacon and go. You don't even have to yeah. go through cash register or anything if you use the yeah. app and you checked in when you walked in. Yeah. So so then I thought, well, hey, you know what? I, I got to do more justice to this. So I'm going to create a little uh, sheet of uh, 
10 items that I normally would buy on a regular basis, and then I'm going to go price check them at three different locations, PCC, uh, Town & Country, and Amazon Fresh. So I popped into the PCC, and I wrote down all the prices on my sheet, and then I, and then I went up to Amazon Fresh, and of the 10 items that I wanted to get pricing on, they only carried four. Yeah. So, like, they didn't have the organic probiotic yogurt that I like to have, which is common. You can find it anywhere. You can find it at Safeway. Yeah. Um, they just, you know, they had a lot of stuff that was so-so in terms of its quality, and certainly most of it you can't find organic. So I gave up. Yeah. And I never ran that price comparison because it wouldn't be fair to do it. Uh, I've been back a third time. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I went back and bought four more slabs of bacon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we need to go back and refresh my freezer as well. Yeah, yep, yep. Yep. So that's uh, – it's kind of a disappointment. It's kind of a letdown, but that's okay. I got good markets around me. I don't mind you know, traveling up to town and country over to PCC. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's what we know on that. You know what I'm going to suggest we do? We're, I know that we got a couple more minutes on this segment. Let's just pop into the home meal stuff oh, and okay. let's talk about what we've been cooking at home. Yeah. Well, um, because we were deep into the nacho competition and we just recently took a road trip, uh, we haven't experimented with a lot at home, making familiar dishes more than you know trying something new. So the one thing I would talk about I don't think I've mentioned on the show before is a there's a recipe that my mom got someplace, I don't know where, called Korean beef salad. And it is a wonderful marinated meat, and I get the ribeye, the grass-fed ribeye up at Town & Country. Um, and it's just marinated in soy and sesame seeds and, you know, all those good Asian things. And then you've got Chinese pea pods, carrots, zucchini, uh, not zucchini, but um, cucumber. What else is on there? Um, and, and bok choy is the base of it, mm-hmm. is the salad. And it is so good. And the one thing I would say is that uh, I think I was at uh, Town & Country in Ballard, and they didn't have Chinese pea pods. Yeah. So I ended up buying sort of, not English pea pods, but... Like pea vine type pea, vine. pea pods. Yeah. And, you know, it did not work. Wasn't it needs there. to be the pea pods. Yeah. So um, we did this for your sister, and she liked it so much she wanted the recipe. So if you have nothing to compare to... It was okay, but you want the pea pods. Yeah. So. Yeah, do it with the pea pods. Yeah. All right. So uh, then it was Easter back in April, and I made a lamb for Easter. I, I, I wanted to make lamb chops, and then I started looking at the lambs, and I never really had bought, um, like, chopped shoulder. And, mm-hmm. and so I bought some uh, some of those types of lamb chops rather than the lollipops. Mm-hmm. And they they were pretty good. They, were, they came out a little tough, though, didn't they? Yeah, they were a little tough. I like the others better. Yeah, I like the lollipops better. Yeah. So if I had to do it all over again, I'd go back to the lollipops. Yeah. But the flavor, the, the way you made them was delicious, so. Yep. Yeah. Which was just salt and pepper and putting them in a, in a lodge cast iron skillet. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. It was good. So. All right. Let's uh, let's take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our recent junket out around the islands. Yes. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... 
The resort at Port Ludlow, nestled on the shores of Puget Sound, just an hour from Seattle. The resort at Port Ludlow offers 37 cozy rooms, each with a fireplace and jetted tub. And Fireside, a farm-to-table restaurant celebrating the bounty of local farms, artisan meats, and cheese. The dinner menu changes daily to reflect the best the region has to offer. Their 18-hole golf course is appreciated by players of all skill levels with stunning views throughout. The 300-slip marina offers many amenities along with kayak and watercraft rentals. Find more information online at portludlowresort.com. Hi, my name is Lendy. I live in Seward Park. One of my favorite restaurants is in nearby Beacon Hill. It's Bar del Corso. Hi, this is Ethan Stoll, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Mirren, the publisher. I'm here with Constance Adams. Oh, so formal. My official British name. Who's the front of the house. I am. And we have just returned from a little junket around the islands, kind of. Kind of. And the peninsula. The peninsulas. All the peninsulas. (laughs) We went to Anacortes. We went to... Port Townsend, we went to Whidbey Island, we went to Bainbridge Island. Went to Port Ludlow. So we're going to share with you uh, some of our dining experiences that we had along the way. Yeah. We're also going to put this up on the magazine, too, so you can get a little more detail there if we drop something out here. Um, The first place we stopped was in Anacortes. We stayed at a hotel that had a restaurant in it called the Fifth Street Bistro. So that's where we went our first night. And it was uh, an interesting evening. (laughs) Yes, it was. We went into the bar earlier than our dinner reservations and had cocktails, which were fine. I I enjoyed them. And uh, they asked us if we wanted to order something. We said, no, we're going to wait for dinner and and have it in the dining room. They said, oh, great, you know, very friendly. So... Then we got, but we looked at the menu, of yeah, course. Yeah, we've been looking over the menus. Because, you know, that's us. we got to have, uh, for me, half the fun of going out is just pouring over the menu and looking at everything, making my decisions. Mm-hmm. So we went in and got a nice little corner table and sat down and made our decisions final. And then they said, we had a very busy weekend and um, we're out of a few things. Well, it turned out to be about half the menu. About half the menu, yep. So um, you and your sister lost out at least on two or three things. Didn't get crab cakes. No crab cakes. Wanted crab cakes. No crab cakes. I had to settle for a uh, lentil... Curry. Curry. Yeah. That wasn't what I was planning on at all. Yeah, that wasn't. And you know, one of the things you said, she said, did you not like it, the waitress? And you said, it was okay. It's just not what I wanted. You know, when you've got your mind set on something and your mouth set... Yeah. And then you can have it, whatever's coming in the back behind it is, is not going to work. No. So, so that was a, a bit disappointing. However, we had breakfast there the next day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the lemon ricotta hotcakes. And they were quite good. Yeah, you were very happy with that. And uh, it, it got me 
thinking about how I need to come up with a lemon ricotta recipe. So it's in it's in the process now. It's in the works. We'll That's see gonna, how it is. You know, um, I I will sacrifice myself and be a taste tester. You will yes. in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> oh, tomorrow. <laughs> or not tomorrow, so, but uh, the next day. Oh, yeah. we'll have to discuss that because I have an early morning appointment. Oh, okay. Um, I can make them in fancy and then just stick them in a toaster oh. like a nice little Eggo waffle. Okay. That could work. <laughs> <laughs> Ricotta in the in the toaster. I'm not sure Ooh, about that. Yeah, that might be funky. Yeah. Um, we have eaten at our next place. We had lunch at the Front Street Grill in Coopville. We have eaten there before and liked it. And that little place is hopping. It was hopping. It was, what was it, uh, Tuesday Tuesday at lunch. Yeah. And it was uh, the place was full when we left. Yep. Yep. Wow. And in fact, there was one window table left, and I said, can we sit at the window? And they said, no, that's reserved. So they already had, you know, all their window stuff full. Um, and I just had, a, like, an appetizer. It was coconut shrimp, and they were really excellent. But my sister and I had crab cakes. Crab cakes, because mm. you had been turned down before, and they were apparently very good. They weren't out of crab cakes, no siree, not at the Front <laughs> Street Grill. Uh-uh. Well, that night, we went to Fraser's Gourmet Hideaway in Oak Harbor, and this is a place we've tried, I don't know, we'll a couple times. to get times, in before. But. A couple times, and I don't know, I think I just saw it online or something, and then it just didn't work out, and then... We went to Oak Harbor on our first getaway when the lockdown was taken away. Yep. And and restaurants could be open. You had to wear masks and you had to prove you're vaccinated and all that. So we drove over there and they were people were standing out on the curb and they said, Oh, we just couldn't pull it together, so we're doing takeout. If you've already ordered, you can pick it up, but otherwise so we lost out then. Yep. So this time we made it. And what did you think? I thought it was excellent. Yep. I would highly recommend that restaurant to anybody going over to the Whidbey Island area. Uh, in fact, uh, I haven't eaten down in Langley forever, but uh, up on the north end of the island, between Coopville and Oak Harbor, I'd say Fraser's is probably the place to go. Mm-hmm. Quite good. Yeah, it was nice good. decor inside. Good service good from service. the staff, mm-hmm. and and some of the people on that staff have been there seventeen years. Wow! So, really, really well done. Yeah, it was nice. The wines were good. The food was good. I had a steak. You had. I had scallops. Scallops, yeah, yeah, quite good. That was good. Um, and then we went to Port Townsend. We just had pizza for lunch, so. It was the pizza factory. It's a chain. It was fine. Um, and then at night, we went to the Silverwater Cafe. What would you think? Um, I, you know, I have to say right now, I am completely blanking on what I ate, and that is very weird for me. Well, we had uh, – did you have – not scampi. Oh, it was. Yeah? Yeah, okay. it was scampi. Yeah. Okay. So it was fine, but I think maybe, you know, I'm a garlic lover. I think it wasn't quite pungent enough for me. Mm-hmm. But it was fine. I, it, there was nothing bad about it. And I, I, I like the place. I've been there multiple times over the last two decades, and I've never been blown away by the place. Yeah. Sadly, it's it's probably one of the better places you can go to in Port Townsend. Yeah. I, I don't know of a place that, that is actually rated much higher than that. But uh, to me, it's kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's kind of where I was feeling. It's just, it was like there wasn't something wrong with it, but I, for a minute there, I couldn't even remember what I ate, which is bad. So the next day, off we went, and we had lunch at the Fireside Restaurant at Port Ludlow Resort. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, one of our fond places. We really like that. We like it. Chef Dan Radigan does a rad job. Yeah, except there. that he's the general manager now and he has other people in the kitchen, but he still yeah, oversees it. Yeah, he's still got his footprint in the kitchen. In yeah. fact, they even mentioned it on the menu. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they talk about him as, as you know, yeah. chef. So, Yeah, and that's a good thing because he's very good at it. And they do so much. It's local. It's all local. It's all fresh. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a great place. Yeah. We all three had different things and they were all good. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, we then had we went to Bainbridge and had dinner at Marche, which is Greg um, Atkinson. Atkinson, who was formerly at Canlis uh, and other places, and we've been wanting to get there since. I mean, I did a story on him before it was built. Yeah, he's been there twelve years, and we finally got there. Yeah, finally. It got only there. took us twelve years to get there. And I say unfortunate because we were so full from lunch still <laughs> that we didn't really do do justice to his menu. We each had a cup of onion soup, French onion soup, and then uh, appetizers. Appetizers. We didn't really get into full yeah. courses. I did really like the feel of the place. Um, it's, it's in amongst, there's so much stuff right off Winslow, on Winslow Way and off Winslow Way, mm-hmm. little uh, sidewalks that go back. This um, is back in an alley. Yeah, back yeah. in an alley. Um, and yet, when you go in, that's all kind of shut out. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's a fun place to walk around. But you're in the restaurant, and, and that's what you're focused on. I, mm-hmm. I found it very comfortable and and a nice place to be, atmosphere-wise. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think Greg's doing a great job over there. Um, in fact, you can follow him on Facebook, and you'll see the special sheet every week yeah. that he posted up. So you know what's going on specials-wise. Yeah. And then you just look online, and they'll have the regular menu there. So you can kind of pre-plan. Yeah. Um, I would say make a reservation. Oh, absolutely. I heard Betsy, his wife, talking to someone who I think is a regular. And she was saying, yeah, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are usually pretty good. And, of course, Friday and the weekend are great. Thursday's generally a pretty slow night. And the place was packed. Yeah. It was it was packed when we left. Yeah, so they're doing they're doing fine. And what then I have I had uh, I, oh that's right I had the shrimp. Mm-hmm. What did you have as an appetizer? I had the tuna tartare. Oh yeah, yeah, and it was good. It had soy in it and sesame oil, I think, and it was good. Yeah, yeah, and of all things, your sister had a twice baked potato. Because once isn't enough. Because once isn't enough, and and she enjoyed it. And I made the mistake of not grabbing that potato skin and eating it before they took it away. Yeah, she ate all the insides, and yeah, that would have been tasty. So, so then uh, Friday, last day of our trip, we went back to Winslow and had lunch at the lovely Bassa restaurant, Vietnamese restaurant, right there on Winslow Way. Mm-hmm. And I was just blown away. It was so good. So good. We had four different things. And the the one we all liked least was the um, banh mi sandwich. Yeah. Uh, 
I guess, you know, you kind of got to have that on a Vietnamese restaurant menu. Mm-hmm. But to me, that was that was uh, that wasn't the star of the show. No. We had some shrimp items. We had some uh, dumpling type items. Yeah. And all those had such delicious sauces with oh. them and really well done. Good, nice presentations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was delicious. And actually, one of the things, I don't always like this, but it really worked there. There were like three or four people who were mainly doing front of the house, greeting people, serving, taking orders, you know. And it wasn't based on, I get this table and this table and you do them. You know, if, if, if you look like you needed something, somebody was there. And it wasn't maybe the person who took your order, but they're saying, oh, did you get everything you needed? How is it? Are you enjoying? You know, it wasn't all the same people. So you felt well taken care of. Well, I tell you what, we're going to we're going to talk about some of the wines we've been drinking, but uh when we take our break, I'm going to I'm going to call over there to to Trin mm-hmm. and uh ask her to come over and interview with us in about 20 minutes from now, okay? I'm sure she can do that. Tuesday's yeah, her day off. Work that up. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. So what have you been drinking? What have we been drinking? We like to talk about three wines. Um the first one, well, here, here's our three-word description. Meh, meh, meh. <laughs> it was a 2020 Expedition Chardonnay by Canoe Ridge, $11 plus tax. Light glow color-wise, not a lot of bouquet. Um, it had a, a little bit of a bite that sometimes I might like, but it was just nothing special at all. And we had it with a shrimp salad, and we were trying out the Duke's Lobster Mobster Chowder, and it wasn't good with either, and it was a shard. You know, yeah. it should have been good with those things. That's what you'd think. You'd think. So that was our downer. The other two, I had gone to Bevmo and said, I want a couple of shards to go with scallops. And we like a little buttery, a little oaky, not overwhelming. What do you got? And he said, you know what? We just got two new ones in. I've tried them both. I like them both. Why don't you try one of each? And I said, okay. So it was a 2019 Santa Lucia Highlands 827 Reserve. Bianchi Bench Vineyard. It was 1998, had a medium color. You gave it a three out of five, saying it was good. It's a limited block release, and this was the one I liked best because it had that buttery oaky, was not overdone. The other one was... So a, was, this a, was this domestic or was this like Italian? Because it says Bianchi Bench? Yeah, but I think it was domestic. I think it was California. Okay. Um, you know, I didn't write that down about either one of them. Um, the 2020 went is it went or wente? Went? I think it's wente. Wente Chardonnay 23.98, light in color, buttery and oaky in flavor. You gave it a five out of five and mm. said it was excellent. I, I like liked the other one better, but this one had more oakiness. I like buttery and oaky. Yeah, um, we're going to try them both again. Bevmo had them on the get two for the price of the most expensive one. So even though I wasn't, I was buying two different wines. We basically got those two bottles for twenty four dollars. Okay. So that was a screaming deal for how much we liked him. Yeah. yeah. Made up for the meh, meh, meh. Yeah, meh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a little break. I got to go make a phone call, and when we come back, we'll do our news bites. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, this is Lisa from Seattle, and we love to celebrate at Canlis Restaurant. 
I'm Ben Dimitri from La Cole Number no. 41 Winery, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Seattle Dining Show, and we have reached the News Bites discussion, and we got all kinds of information about stuff that's happening around town. We're not talking about calendar items. We're just talking about stuff like, you know, who's open, who's closed, who's getting uh, purple curtains in their window. Oh, no, we don't do that. (laughs) I love that kind of stuff. (laughs) Fabric talk. So go ahead. Hit it. All right. Well, Peddler Brewery in Ballard closed in March, and it has been taken over by Bickerson's Brewery, that is not their name, but they say they're kind of sarcastic with each other and people always think they fight, so they're calling themselves Bickerson's. And they have a place in Renton already, so they were very happy to get this spot on 1514 Leary Way Northwest. And they are going to keep some of the events going that Peddler started, so I'm sure the the locals are going to be happy about that. So they'll have the little sandbag thing out on the sidewalk Yeah, the cornhole stuff, hopefully. Yeah. And I think they had some kind of events, you know, not just games, but events. Yeah. Now, you were the one who shared this one with me. The Four Spoons has closed at 850 Northwest 85th in Greenwood. Yeah, I used to go there for breakfast now and then. And then, uh, you know, during the pandemic, I didn't go down. Mm. Um, it's a nice little location for someone who might be looking to, to start a very small neighborhood restaurant. And uh, I hope something good happens with it. And uh, whoever does take it over, let me just tell you, please put some heating in the floor. The darn floor gets so cold in the winter, I can't keep my feet in there. Wow. You know, I only went there once with you, and my memory is that we were sitting there, and the chef was having a bad morning. Yeah. And he threw things in the kitchen. There was a lot of clattering on yeah. purpose. Well, I always remember the Wi-Fi password. It was, I love pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> too funny. Well, but I hope something good happens there. Yeah, I do too. Copperworks Distilling Company, we did a two-parter on them recently. They just won a double gold medal for their Washington Peated American Single Malt Whiskey Release 04-2 at the 2022 San Francisco World Spirits Competition in April. So that was great. Good for that. You know, I think that San Francisco must be the drinking capital of the world. You know, there's a big wine event that takes place there, and now the the World Spirits Competition. Well, it must be the drinking capital. There was a uh, a bar up in the north end of town just before you got on to the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. It was called the Final Final. (laughs) So, uh oh, that's where you went to have your your final last call before you leave the city. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a, a nice you know this is a, a feel good item. Quilcita Creek Winery wanted to help the Ukrainian cause, so they released their first and only duo of white wines. One was from Horse Heaven Hills Sauvignon Blanc. The other was the Quilcita Blanc Columbia Valley both 2020, and instead of just selling those, you know, they did it by lottery to their private memory, memory, private members, donating 100% of gross sales to World Central Kitchen. That's Jose Andre, 
Andres, who goes out to trouble spots and feeds people. Oh, okay. Um, it sold out in under an hour. Nice. Yeah, so that was great. There's only two cases, but... Yeah, <laughs> it was 22 bottles, I know. <laughs> um, and now we're heading back to Bainbridge. Chef Brendan McGill, who's had Hitchcock and Hitchcock Bar and all the stuff over there, has decided it's time to get back to finer dining. He had been constant, uh, contemplating. contemplating, thank you, uh, doing something different with Hitchcock. And so he's reconcepted that to Seabird, focusing on seafood and vegetables. The kitchen's been renovated, the dining room's refreshed, and um, the executive chef for all of his stuff is Grant Rico. He is going to be the executive chef at Seabird, and he's also a partner in the venture. That's supposed to open on May 26th. Yeah, so, you know, we were just there last week, and it was still Hitchcock. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I'm not even sure it was open. The Hitchcock bar was open for sure. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, 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 we didn't walk in, so I don't yeah. know if the dining area was open yeah. or not. Yeah, I'm not. I don't actually know. And then this is just a reminder for July that Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, and it is about Syrah this year, takes place in July and they've just announced 10 collaborative winemaker dinners hosted by Walla Walla wineries with dinners prepared by local chefs. So you can go out to wallawallawine.com backslash winemaker hyphen dinners to see that list. Um, this is one of those things that uh, sells out. So that's why we brought it up last month and now I'm talking about the dinners because they'll be sold out by the time you think you're going to go in July. And make sure you go to all 10 dinners. Yeah, it's all on the same night, so it's going to be a toughie. But <laughs> Then this is a new one on me. You know Mercer Wines? Yeah. Um, Mercer Brothers Wines, Mercer Bros, have started a new subscription series um, service, Mercer Monthly. Membership is free, and once you sign up, you get one bottle of each of their Mercer Brothers wines delivered to your door monthly. You can customize your subscription or skip any time and just go to mercerwine.com backslash mercer hyphen monthly. The confusing thing to me is, is this different than Mercer Wine? I, it goes to the same well, um, website. Well, it's Mercer Brothers. That's, you know, the, the, the Mercer family winery that later became a label. I, I, I don't. I don't understand if this is the same thing or maybe they're adding the Mercer Brothers in. Yeah, or that's something. what I don't know either because if you – like I tried to type in Mercer Bro Wines and it wouldn't go anywhere. It said if you don't get this, do this, you know. And then I went to mercerwine.com and it popped up with all this stuff. So I okay. think it's the same thing, but I just hadn't heard about the change or anything. No. Huh? Um, the Great Northwest Wine Magazine, which I honestly haven't heard of before – has named Dalil Sellers the 2022 Pacific Northwest Winery of the Year. And the Dalil attributes its success, attributes, sorry, its success to the solid foundation laid by its four founders, Greg Lill, Jay Soloff, Chris Upchurch, and the late Charles Lill. I'm not sure I realized he'd passed away. Well, all I know is it's good wine, and anybody who wants to bring a case of it over to me and drop it off at my doorstep <laughs> is welcome to. We're begging again. Begging has begun. <laughs> um, the last one I wanted to talk about is that the Victor Tavern on 6th Avenue in Seattle, this is an Ethan Stoll restaurant, started brunch service mid-April for the weekends, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And you can order a la carte or go full Victor brunch, which is 40 per person. And they bring out 
about four or five things for you to share at the table, and then each guest gets their entree as well. So um, the small bites are like a fresh berry bowl, cream top yogurt, house oats, beamster cheese, and soft eggs. And then the um, entrees are things like vanilla malted pancakes, avocado toast, a breakfast smash burger, eggs benedict, and a Mediterranean breakfast bowl. Sounds pretty tasty. Hmm. Sounds good. Yeah. And so I just got a text from Trin over at Bassa. Oh, she available? And she said she's on the hyper ferry right now. <laughs> and then Amazon is going to send a drone down to the ferry dock and drop her off up here at the studio. Right on the deck? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So so cool. let's uh, let, instead of taking a break right now, let's just pop into the calendar and we'll cruise through the calendar yeah. stuff. We can get to Trin faster that way. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, um, I will start. On May 3rd at 6 p.m., there's a Piedmont feast at Tavolata on Stone Way. It's 130 per person. Four-course menu, Wagyu carne cruda, agnolati del plin, which is veal and artichoke, short rib with salsa verde. That all sounds pretty good. Wine pairings and cocktails featuring Fast Penny, Americano, and Americano Bianco. All righty. Well, and as I mentioned, you know, we're going to pop through the calendar here. There's more on the calendar than what we're talking about here, and you can always see it online at seattledining.com. Exactly. Just click on the calendar link. Especially as you get into Mother's Day here, there's a ton of stuff out there, and I just, you know, these are just some of them. We just picked in some of the highlights here, exactly. so I guess I'm doing uh, at least the first one. Okay. Uh, pastry box, mimosa kit and gifts. From the Flora Bakehouse. These are the Flora Cafe Flora people. Okay. So uh, pre-order now. Pick it up May 7th or May 8th. Uh, you're going to, in that pastry box, you're going to get some cinnamon rolls. I think that was separate. Cinnamon oh. rolls or an assorted pastry box. Okay. And you're also getting croissants, a mimosa kit, a coffee mug, and a bag of beans. They're up on Beacon Hill. Up on Beacon yeah. Hill. All those things are separate. They had uh, on their website. They have prices. Oddly enough, it said four cinnamon rolls, two dollars. That seemed absurd to me, so I I didn't put that stuff in. But each of those items are a different thing you can choose. Yeah. Then Kitchen and Market is offering a Mother's Day brunch kit with all the proceeds going to Mary's place. Everything you need to make a full brunch spread for mom at home with add-on options. You can order online now and pick up May 6th or May 7th. They're at 1926 Pike Place in Seattle. And they have some other fun things going on, too. Like you can buy a flower bouquet and have it delivered to a mother who lives at Mary's Place. Oh. Kind of a nice, nice. thing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right. Water's Table is going to be doing a brunch from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Uh, it will include a variety of Benedicts, like Eggs Benedict, Benedict Arnold, uh, <laughs> no, I don't know, uh, and a festive bar cart with bottomless mimosas and more. And more. It's going to be happening Saturday and Sunday, May 7th and 8th. Water's Table is located in the, the Hyatt Regency Hyatt Lake Washington Regency. in Renton. Yeah, down on the water in Renton. Mm. And then, you know, I thought this was interesting. I got a um, press release, and there's a lot happening in Chelan. So if you want a little road trip to combine with Mom's Day, there's a brunch at Campbell's Resort, at Sorrento's at Chelan Cellars, at Siren Song Winery and Restaurant, and Navarre 
Cooley Vineyard. And that's also, Navarre is also um, doing their rosé release that day. Mm. So lots of stuff over in Chelan. I like a rosé. Mm-hmm. It's a good little summer drinking wine. It is. Uh, Salties on Alki is going to do their Mother's Day. Uh, and this will also be going on at the Columbia River Portland location. Mm-hmm. Uh, all day plated menu with Salty's favorites. And let me tell you, their their little buffet they put out is big. It's no buffet. All day plated menu. Oh. They they still are not doing a buffet oh, because okay. of COVID. All right. The well, pandemic. tell them to give you the big plate. <laughs> uh, it's going to have a lot of their favorites. Uh, some Mother's Day specials. Seating is going to be from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, up here in Seattle, is at 1936 Harbor Avenue Southwest in West Seattle. So as we said, a lot more on the calendar. And then um, on May 12th, the Pike Place Market is doing a live stream event to honor workers, residents, and supporters of the market. And, of course, it's a fundraiser. Um, you can just live stream it. If you want to be part, kind of feel more part of it, you can get a $150 meal from Chef Tracy at the Atrium Kitchen, which serves too generously. Um, But if you really want to be really in it and have a lot of money, um, you can go to the market front and be there. Um, They suggest a donation of $500 to be at the market. Seats are limited. If you think you're interested in that, you can just go to mktfoundation at pikeplacemarket.org. Nowhere on the website could I find out what time. At first I thought, well, they're just going to stream it all day long over and over. But if they've got people going to Market Front Pavilion, it's got to be at a certain time. Okay. So, so maybe keep, uh, keep an eye on the pikeplacemarket.org website yeah. and see if they're updating and putting in. Yeah. Uh, or give them a call or something. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't see it. All right. May 19th at 6.30 p.m., Chartreuse is doing a 1605 dinner at LaCoin. It's $175 a person. Uh, it's a five-course menu. Each course is paired with a distinct chartreuse cocktail from their bar team. From the LaCoin bar team, I should LeCoyne say. LaCoin bar yeah. team, okay. And then May 28th and 29th, which is... Memorial Day weekend, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. It's the Brennan Shrimp Fest. It's $5 at the gate per day. Kids under 12 free if they're with a paying parent. And then you go in and uh, there's booths, craft booths, food booths, exhibits, live music, kids' activities. And, you know, the Hood Canal is famous for spot shrimp, clams, oysters. So this is a really fun annual event to go down and have some great food and kind of an old-fashioned festival for Memorial Day. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to go to that. Yeah, I think it would be fun. Well, the uh, the hyper ferry has landed. The drone is en route, and we <laughs> will be right back with our interview segment with Trin Nguyen of Bassa on Bainbridge. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Thompson, Seattle, named the number one hotel in the Pacific Northwest by Condé Nast. Located in Seattle across from the Pike Place Market, this contemporary urban landmark features gasp-inducing views of the sound, 
elevated cuisine at Conversation, and more breathtaking views from their indoor-outdoor rooftop bar, The Nest. Find them online at thompsonhotels.com. My name's Ryan, I live in Beacon Hill, and my favorite restaurant to eat at is El Quetzal. Hi, it's Greg Herschelt from the Como Morning News, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Uh, I just had my best lunch of 2022 so far. Uh, I believe I was there. We, we, you were there, and we, we probably talked about it earlier in the first segment, but uh, we went to Bossa out on Bainbridge Island. And uh, that being said, introduce our guest. But it's Trin Nguyen from Bossa on Bainbridge Island. Welcome. Yay. Hi. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We um, had... Trend booked for some time, and then we happened to be out on Bainbridge Island, and we said, hey, you know what, we should eat there, since, and then we'll have even a better idea when we're talking to her what's going on. And every bite was just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. And then it was like, do we want dessert? We're not hungry at all. Yeah, we better get dessert. <laughs> and that coconut bread pudding. Oh. oh, my gosh. What was on the top of that, the crunchy? Um, the toasted coconut, yeah. and then we roasted um, a honey roasted uh, peanuts on top. Uh. That was so good. Thank you. Also good. Thank you. Well, I kind of wanted to go back a little and talk about your background, because mm-hmm. your parents have a restaurant, and that's been going for how long? Um, this October will be 17 years plus. Wow. Yeah. And then I know on the website it says that it's run by siblings, but it's not you and your brother Ty, is it? Mm-hmm. It's other How many siblings are there? There are four of us. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so the other two run that. Mm-hmm. So Joe and Linda runs uh, Fa TNN, and then myself and Ty runs um, Basa. Okay, and you guys started Basa, right? We started Basa, yes. Yeah. Um, now, you cooked earlier in your life with your parents in mm-hmm. the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure your brother did or not, but he did end up going to the Institute, Institute of Culinary Education. Yeah. And that, where was that? In New York? In New York, yeah. correct. Yeah. So, and then you got your finance degree. <laughs> I did. Wow. Now, what made you kind of think, were you thinking that would help in a restaurant business, or were you thinking, I'm getting out of the restaurant business? I actually got my finance degree because um, I got married um, mm. pretty young after I helped my parents open um, their first restaurant. Okay. And then I had relative that said, okay, well, she's done, you know, she's now married, she's going to have kids, and that's it for her. And I said, (laughs) well, what do you mean, you know, you can still get a college degree and still have your own career, even if you're married and and become a mother. And so anyway, I enrolled in um, online schooling while I was helping my parents run their first restaurant. Okay. I got my finance degree just to prove to my relative that you could be a woman, mm-hmm. marry, be a mom, and still have a degree. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm grateful to them. I mean, yeah. if, if it wasn't for them, I, I probably wouldn't have done it. And, um, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, um, why finance degree? And did you do it because of the restaurant? Mm-hmm. I think I've, I just did it because, again, I was just 
I was challenged, yeah. and I wanted to prove yeah. um, my relative wrong. But it it has helped me a lot along the way in I ways that so. I didn't think I would use my degree for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has has helped me um, in many many ways that I didn't yeah. think of. Yeah. I would think so, actually. I mean, a lot of people start restaurants because somebody tells them they cook well and you should open a restaurant, and they have no idea. <laughs> so, you know, you've at least got some yeah. understanding of what you're doing. I think it's important to have both. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with chefs that, um, you know, says they've worked in the restaurant and they're just tired of working and they want to um, work for themselves mm-hmm. and then struggles on the business side. And then I've had people who, you know, Retire. This is the always like the really fun one. When people retire from their job and they're like, oh. Trin, I have all this money and time now. I should go open a restaurant. I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, it's not for the faint of heart, nor yeah. is it easy. And it's definitely not one you want to do when you retire. I said, go enjoy yourself on the, you know, in the Bahamas yes, or in Hawaii, exactly. somewhere tropical. Like, don't, <laughs> don't open do a restaurant. <laughs> Well, even right now, you guys are only closed on Tuesdays, right? Correct, yes. So you're working six days a week. Yep. That's, yeah. That's a lot, and you've been doing it for a long time. We've had, um, you know, we've, we've been running about 12, 14, 15 hours a day, and oh, wow. we keep saying, oh, you know, we're going to hire some help, and then we hire some help, and we train them up, and then we lose them somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, you know, I think 2022, all of my peers were – we're trying to get back to normal, mm-hmm. and sometimes I, I think about it, it's so difficult, you know. I mean, everybody wants comfortable or comfort, and they want to do it the easy way, but right now, if you we don't put in the sacrifice and the time to really get back to normal, you know, we'll never get we'll never get there, you yeah. know. We don't have the staff, and we'll just shut our hours down or shrink our hours or mm-hmm. shut the restaurant down. Then we're going back to the pandemic mm-hmm. time and not really moving forward. Yeah. So it is a tough time right now, but I believe that if we keep chugging along, that we'll get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You yeah. have to do that. Right. I just looked at somebody else's website just a few minutes ago, and it said we're closed Monday and Tuesdays until we can get the staffing yeah. worked out. So everybody's facing this. Yeah. And you guys opened in the fall of 2019. Yep. So this was not easy. You you went opened at a very tough time. We did. And yet it seems, I mean, when we were there, certainly that was a... Friday, wasn't it? That was Friday. Yeah. I believe and so, it yeah. was it was packed. I mean, even the outside, it wasn't quite warm enough for us, But and yeah. there are heaters out there, but mm-hmm. people were still filing out there to get a seat. Yeah. I think, you know, we um, what we didn't realize when we opened the restaurant on Bainbridge Island is that it, it offers two different types of business, one in the winter, fall, winter, and then one in the spring, summer. Mm. And spring summers get really busy from all the tourists, the day trip, uh, day, day trippers, um, mm-hmm. you know, people visiting, or um, not only just people visiting, but people who live um, in a warmer state, and you know, for the winter months, and mm-hmm. then they're all coming oh, yeah. back. And so we have different sources of like clientele that comes from all over the place. And so we're very busy in the spring and summer, and then in fall and winter, we're pretty slow. Mm-hmm. So we open right as we're transitioning into the slow season. Oh, man. And I remember, you know, going back, I'm like, I remember so many of our locals says, oh, Trent, just bear with it, you know. You make it through November, then December, then January, then February. <laughs> then March come, and you'll see a different type of business, and I trust me, it is so worth it, you know. Oh. Um, 
the community loves you. You, you, you know, you just have to stick through it. And I remember counting down the days. Yes. And I go, February 28th. Yes, March 1st. <laughs> and then first week of March, we're starting to see the trickling of customer. Our sales has started to increase. And then March 15th, everything shut down. Oh, my gosh. And that was the first six months of our opening. Uh, just as you feel like things are going to happen. Yep. And so it was pretty dev- devastating. Um, but we said, you know, we, we opened with our parents um, back in 2005. And about two years after we opened, um, the real estate market crashed. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we experienced that the first time we opened our first restaurant. And then we took the very conservative route and really took our time to realize whether this is something we want to do, you know, after our parents' American dream. Mm-hmm. And then we realized that we wanted to do it. And, and then we opened. And then this happened, you know. How could it twice? And then I, I go, well, you know, we, we saved up everything. You know, all of our savings were in this restaurant. We, every single day that, that month, we see, we've seen restaurant who just folded, yeah. you know, in the same position as us. And we said, okay, well, we have the options to fold like everybody else or we just keep trying. Mm-hmm. And I remember we, we promoted, you know, hey, we're on social media. Hey, we're still here. Hey, we have to go. Hey, we have this. Hey, we have that. And we just keep trying every way possible. And it was just... Me, Ty, my two kids who are now homeschool, oh, wow. my husband who eventually got laid off. Um, and so every family member that we have, because we couldn't staff our, you know, employees and then with the unknown, you know, circumstances, mm-hmm. and then we didn't have the money to pay anyways. And so... Yeah, it had to be family. It's just family. My kids were running up and down the patio as their PE, you know, and gym <laughs> exercise, you know, hours. Um, you know, every other time they have, I would give them a little checklist. But, you know, we we did. And my, my son started bus um, a, a buster position at 14 last summer because wow. we were so short-staffed. And now he's a dishwasher and prep for us, you know, at wow. 15. And, you know, we... We just do whatever it takes, but I'm I'm grateful for everything that we have. You know, we have a, a big community that supported us throughout yeah. the to- um, the really hard times, and they still continue to support us. That's so great. They still bring all of their loved ones. And that's a testament to you, because if your food wasn't very good, you wouldn't have made it. Yeah. Oh, but your food you. is so exceptional Thank that you. you got through it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know we, we work very hard. A lot of people ask us, you know, what type of food do we offer, and and I honestly said, well, Vietnamese. So it's very rooted in, in everything that we do, from our seasoning to, you know, our dishes and what we're inspired by. But honestly, at the end of the day, we just want to make some really good, you know, comforting food, you mm-hmm. know, that touches you, touches, you know, your palate when you eat. And, and hopefully you have an enjoyable time when you're there. Mm-hmm. That's all we ask for. Yeah. Well, you... You and your brother are pretty collaborative in the kitchen, and I read uh, probably on your website that you get a lot out of that creative process. So how do you guys work, and how do you come up with the dishes? Some of your special events are really interesting, (laughs) the dishes you come up with. How do you do that? Um, We we named the restaurant Basa for a very intentional reason. Um, We wanted um, everyone to see that our parents and our family made us such a big impact in who we are 
as cook and as individual. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we want it to be mysterious enough that we are not categorized uh, towards one, you know, mm -hmm. cuisine or another. Mm -hmm. um, we think that that's where it limits our crea creativities. Um, Ty and I are very... Um, I can't say we don't fight um, <laughs> as siblings and that we love each other every moment of the day. But we're very collaborative in the sense that um, he has what I don't have and I have what he doesn't have. Mm -hmm. He's very creative and he's a daredevil in the kitchen. He'll oh, put nice. anything together. Um, where I'm a little bit more limited because I've had so much experience cooking. So if I've done it before, I'm mm -hmm. very less likely to do it again. Well, he'll do it again, and then he'll add another ingredient mm -hmm. to see how it all plays out. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and you know, I um, I typically finish his you know his creative um, process, and then I systemize it for him. Mm, yeah. And a lot of that has to do with my finance background again, because I yeah. like structure. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, and then Ty just you know from his studies and from. Everything that he likes to eat, he introduced a lot of ingredients that I'm I'm not typically would go out and and say I would put together. Yeah, you know he put um, yogurt and wasabi together. Again, none of these two ingredients I would work or use in my cuisine, mm -hmm. but he would, and then we'll incorporate it into something else. And he said, "See, it works." And I'm like. <laughs> Okay, fine, you're right. <laughs> I'll give it to you. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, I told you it didn't work. But it's always like the I told you so moment with our siblings, you know, and it's always a competition, you know. And then there are moments where um, he'll say something, and I'm like, I, I'm telling you it's not right. Mom would never do that. And then he's like, yes, she would, you know, and then we'll call mom up and mediate, you know. And so, <laughs> but it's definitely a family business, you know. Yeah. You can't run from that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I would think, would make it a little more fun for you. It's not just a solid business that you go in, have nothing really to do with except cook and leave. Yeah. You know. Yeah. This when is I, yours. It, it is. Well, I'm... I'm I'm feeling like I'm tapping myself in the back, but it, it is. We have so much fun doing it, you know, and and because we're we we come in with the mindset that we're going to utilize whatever ingredients that we have here and try to incorporate into, you know, dishes that we grew up eating. So mm -hmm. then it doesn't limit us um, many ways. So like things like there's a dish that my mom really loved to eat. Um, it's a snail dish mm -hmm. um, that's steamed in coconut um, oh. and laksa leaf and garlic, and lemongrass, and, you know, we it's really hard to find these nails here. Um, oh, yeah. So, we're like, well, what's really common in the Pacific Northwest? And so, we're like, well, we could do clams, we could do mussels, mm -hmm. we could do oysters, and so we tried it with three, and we're like, mussels were great. Yeah. And so we put it on the menu, and we said, inspired from this particular dish, but we're doing it with mussels. Mm -hmm. And people love it. Oh, wow. You know? I was so afraid you were going to say slug. <laughs> I love seafood. I don't know how I feel about bugs. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of or, where I will stop. Or sticky things. Yeah. But probably have a lot of protein if you if you dehydrate them. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll let Ty and Tom work on yeah. that. <laughs> That's kind of where my creativity stops. No sucks. <laughs> well, basa means catfish, right? Correct, yes. Okay. It's a, a name of a type of catfish. Oh, okay. So we have this argument um, with, well, not argument, but a debate with a few of our, our customers because basa with no accent on top is a type of catfish. Now, basa replaced sa with an X-A instead of mm. S-A mm -hmm. and with some accents mean wifey. 
Oh. So everyone says, okay, is this Basa the fish or Basa the wife? And then we, we point to the fish and they're like, okay, fine. fine. Good thing. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, I think we wanted uh, to go further and deeper in our route. You know, um, the, the, the dish that Basa came from is a braised catfish that my mom used to make. Mm. And then we're like, well, we already know all of that. You know, we everyone knows the dish. But then, like, let's go further into our root, like where we really come from. Where is that fish, you know, from? And the name of the fish that makes the beautiful dish, mm-hmm. you know. And so and so we just, you know, and then we, we research and we keep digging and digging yeah. and then we find it. I so, love yeah. that. I love that. Um, you have a French technique and certainly in Thai's background and I think yours too, your family. Yeah, I think um, Thai definitely have more French technique than I do. Um, but I think that a lot of what I learn and what I know today has already had French um, technique mm. incorporated into the, mm-hmm. the cooking um, because the um, we were ruled by the French for a hundred wow. years. Exactly. And then we were ruled by the China, um, by China for a thousand years. So our food, Vietnamese food in general, it's already a melting pot. Yeah. You know, and, and with two of the best cuisine in the world, yeah. I think. Exactly. Yeah. And then recently you were just forced to go to Paris. <laughs> Was that just for fun or did you pick up a few new techniques or... Well, Paris was playing over a very buzz dinner with friends, <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we, we came, you know, next day, and we're like, well, you know, we're too busy. Schedule doesn't permit, and tickets were so affordable that nobody could back down. Oh wow! So we went there, and we had an amazing time. But one of the problems that I have when I travel anywhere with my husband, he's or anywhere, honestly, and he's like. You don't shut off. Like it's not a, a like a fun trip without oh. you incorporating food. Because when food is a part of your life, you oh, know yeah. you can't you just can't just turn that off. And so I go eat. You know, like let's say we had breakfast, and I'm like, hmm, how do you think they did this croissant? Like, is it toasted? <laughs> like, how many layers? You know, is it butter? You know, even with just espresso, we'll break it down, yeah. and you know, we'll talk about it, and then. We're sitting on the side street, you know, cafe shop, and he's. I'm like, these chairs work. Oh, can you imagine how many seats and chairs and tables we will put? You know, he's like, just shut it off for a minute, just enjoy, just, relax. just enjoy. <laughs> Man, it is a little hard. We go through that ourselves, yeah. just because we're around food so much, and yeah. it's like, well, this isn't what we thought, and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, um. Anything else you'd like us to know before we wrap up? I know that you recently started brunch, so that's a new thing. Yeah. So we, um, our brunch is, um, I feel like it's East meet West. We've um, had a lot, a lot of dishes that you're familiar with, but we do it in our own ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our top seller right now is our Calbee Beef Benedict. Ooh. Um, that so, sounds good. Um, we don't use um, your typical, you know, um, meat for Benedict. Mm-hmm. We use all Asian inspires Benedict, mm-hmm. and then uh, we have congee, which is a um, a breakfast that we tip- use typically see as a Southeast Asian um, breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, incorporating in some of our favorites as well as some of our customers. You know, favorites, and mm-hmm. then, but doing it our own way, and oh. we've been very successful. And then we also have, you know, mimosa with um, fruit juice flights. So mm. we have eight different type of juices, um, those that we can 
uh, squeeze fresh in house. We do such as blood orange, orange grapefruit, and then we have pomegranate. We have passion fruit, mango. So you pick from three, and oh, then wow. you make your own mimosa or bellini. So it makes oh, a really fun, fun yeah. weekends, you know, getaway. Yeah, yeah. And it's easy. We can account for it. It's only a 35-minute ferry ride. Yeah. So, And you're right. You don't even have to have a car, honestly. If you can walk on in Seattle, yeah. it's not a long walk up to Winslow Way. So. It's a good it's field not. trip. It's it a is. very good field trip. And as the summer comes, there's a lot more shops open now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of shops are reviving back and opening back. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very fun day trip from wine tasting to mm-hmm. Bloedel Reserve to you know, uh, Proper Fish to Hitchcock Cafe, mm-hmm. um, Bruciato, Marche, Agate. I mean, there's so many great places oh, yeah. to go and visit. And I know one of the things I said when Tom and his sister and I were walking around is that there's a lot of neighborhoods with a lot of shops and stuff, but mm-hmm. that part of Bainbridge, Winslow Way, is just chock full, and they're not um, chains or anything. They're places that are just owned locally or small places. Yep. So it's really fun. Yep. And you yeah. come and you know for sure you're supporting the locals. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Trin, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, Thanks thank for so coming much. over. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You bet. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we have yet another special guest or two. Or two. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Whistlin' Jack's Outpost and Lodge in the heart of the Washington Cascade Range where you can go to unplug, reset, and recharge. Stay in one of their refreshed cabins, relax in the hot tub overlooking an old-growth forest, and dine in their full-service Riverview restaurant. Find them online at whistlinjacks.com. Hi, I'm Josh from Capitol Hill. I can't make up my mind what my favorite place is yet. Hello, this is uh, Tracy with Heritage Meats from Rochester, Washington, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Seattle Dining Show, where we are celebrating, what is it we're celebrating? Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Right. Tell us more. Um, Well, that is what it is, and and the W Seattle decided they wanted to celebrate that. So we have Hotel General Manager Wade Hashimoto and Executive Chef Stephen Ariel with us. Welcome. Thanks so much, Connie. Hi, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing great. Thanks for asking. Thanks for the invitation, by the way. Oh, absolutely. This is fun. Hey, I wanted to check with you guys and just see what about the month is important to the two of you. Why did you decide you wanted to do something? Well, you know, I'll start off by saying that when we initially heard about the the focus on Asian American and Pacific Islander um, Heritage Month, you know, that's something that really struck a chord personally with myself and Chef Steven. Uh, just because we are both from Hawaii and we happen to be Asian American and Pacific Islanders, right? So <laughs> we, that kind of makes uh, sense. Yeah, <laughs> just by coincidence. Uh, you know, another thing, Connie, is that uh, W Seattle and Chef Stephen has always done a wonderful job incorporating so many elements of his history and his 
is uh, uh, tutelage and, and upbringing in, in his cuisine. Mm-hmm. I just said that what a wonderful opportunity to showcase his culinary talents and as well as the, the diversity and inclusion that W Seattle represents in, in the culinary space. Mm-hmm. So what chef are you doing to mark the month? Um, we have a bunch of different things uh, currently on the menu, which has uh, Asian influence. And these are things, uh, some of the, you know, as Wade mentioned, some of the flavors that I'm very familiar with growing up and, and working throughout Hawaii, um, you know, utilizing various uh, food ingredients from the many cultures you find in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, uh, some things on the menu, like uh, we do a kimchi fried rice. Uh, it has charred eggplant, and we serve it with a sunny-side-up egg. Um, we also do a, a crispy pork belly slider, and we serve that with uh, some uh, julienne stallions, hoisin sauce, a little Chinese five spice on a homemade uh, bun. That sounds so and good. We're, we're doing uh, one of our signature things here is uh, ahi poke bomb, and it's uh, um, ahi poke. Um, which is, you know, diced cubed uh, tuna mm-hmm. uh, seasoned with uh, chilies and uh, garlic, ginger, sesame oil. And we stuff that into a little uh, inari skin, which is uh, fried tofu uh, skin that's been marinated in, in soy and um, oh. a little bit of uh, vinegar. The, uh, the stuff, same stuff you find in sushi bars. Mm-hmm. And we stuff the uh, pokey into that. And that's a pretty popular item here as well. Oh, has to be. Those Brussels sprouts look really good too. Yeah, yeah. Those have been on the menu for a while, and it's a staple here. And um, we serve that with uh, Korean pepper sauce, uh, kochujang sauce, and some fried garlic and scallions. And those are pretty popular. Wow. And there's also a grilled salmon. So there's there there's like larger plates too. Yeah. Uh, the focus is, you know, on small plates, but mm-hmm. you could – um, definitely order a double order or oh, know, okay. get a larger portion if um, that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. We have some, uh, you know, Asian-inspired desserts as well, banana lumpias and... Uh, They're uh, using the small salmon. The small salmon. salmon. The little ones, yeah. <laughs> the baby salmon. Fry. We only kept small salmon. <laughs> <laughs> baby salmon. You got to let those go. You got to send those back. <laughs> You know, now there's going to be an outcry. It's just like veal. It's like the W's using baby salmon. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I have a question because I do not know what is it. Ube or ube? So it's ube, and ube. Uh, it's uh, I guess it's Filipino name. Or I'm not 100 percent sure, but I've always known it by Okinawan sweet potato, and it's a purple sweet potato that's. <sighs> commonly found in Hawaii, and we would use it for, for various things. Um, just steamed whole is the, the most simplest way. And you eat it at room temperature food. Uh, we use it in mashed potatoes and baking. Mm. Now you see it all over in uh, various desserts, whether it's a cheesecake or a pie or a cream puff. Um, mm-hmm. you know, traditionally, it was served in a Filipino dish of halo uh, halo. You'd see bits of the sweet potato in there which is, uh, you know, a dessert made from, like, tapioca and mm. coconut milk and some different garnishes. Yeah. It is, like, definitely trending up. I see it everywhere now. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the same kind of 
purple potato that I make the corned beef hash with? No. Different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Different kind of thing. Well, where in the hotel can people get these dishes? Uh, these items are currently on our uh, living room bar menu, and it's right smack dab in the middle of our lobby. Yeah. Next to Trace Market, right? Yes, that's yes. correct. You know, a lot of our guests, we really embellish the fact that, you know, we, we want to create an environment where guests feel comfortable. They can really enjoy some of the entertainment that we provide on weekends, uh, enjoy a great cocktail, but yet have the diversity to uh, pick at small plates and really kind of dine in a new way. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen a lot of uh, different things. We've been playing with different concepts, of course, and and Chef and Chef and I are definitely bouncing new ideas on menu selection and, and really looking at the consumer sentiment. But, you know, the one thing I love about Seattle being such a diverse culture is that you can throw things on the menu and people love to try it. Yeah. They are, there are a lot of inveteresome eaters. And I know from <laughs> yes. uh, when we when I was down there, when Trace Market opened and we talked, I know we did talk about that because I like to eat that way because I like a lot of different textures and flavors. So it's fun to be able to pick and choose and try a, a number of things instead of having one plate. Yep, we agree. And it's been very successful. I think that uh, we've got a whole uh, new set of dishes and vessels to make sure that they're served accordingly and properly and nothing more irritating than having a, a small portion on a big on a big dish. Yeah. You feel like I'm not getting value here. Exactly. Yeah. Well, are there any special or seasonal cocktails that you're specifically pairing with some of these? Yeah, our um <clears throat> restaurant manager came up with a few and um one's a ginger drop and it's mm. made with uh, some vodka and uh lemon and uh, some butterfly pea simple syrup and he also came up with a, a cherry blossom drink which is is uh made with sake and lychee and uh some cranberry lime mm. and he's also came up with with a suntory soda is what he's calling it it's a little bit of whiskey yuzu lime and orange bitters and and, and soda so yeah we have a few Asian-inspired uh, drinks to go along with the uh, the menu for the month. Mm. I think you'll have some adventuresome drinkers, too. <laughs> <laughs> so what hours is the menu available? When is it any time the living room's open? or? Pretty much. We, we open for service at 5 o'clock nightly. And really, we, we do last call sometimes as late as 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, really. Wow. That's exciting. Is that mostly hotel guests or are you getting a lot of neighbors? A little bit of both. You know, I think the nature of the hotel being, um, uh, you know, of course, a hotel will Mm -hmm. attract our in-house guests for the early evening cocktail or a light uh, uh, precursor to their night. And then we usually get the locals that stroll in um, usually at about 8 o'clock or maybe after work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting to see a nice uptick in after work uh, presence as well as people start to return to the office and maybe they're working a little later. They're starting to stop in again at, at the hotel. So um, come on down. That's good news. Well, tell me a little bit. You're you're um, donating a portion of the proceeds to Michelle Lee's Very Asian Foundation. And it's a, a good story behind that. Tell us about that. Yeah, we, we, we all heard about Michelle Lee's unique um, situation when she had uh, done a post, you know, everyone knows Michelle because she 
has roots here in Seattle before relocating to St. Louis. Um, but, you know, understanding that uh, she had made a, a post over the New Year's regarding the way that she was celebrating her New Year's and and come to find out, you know, she, she shared that uh, somebody had left a, a voicemail just kind of explaining that they didn't feel it was appropriate for her to um, impose her traditions uh, on a New Year celebration. So uh, that's where Michelle had really coined the, uh, um, or I guess branded it as hashtag very Asian because that, <laughs> that's how she was being criticized, right? And and I think this, it just goes in line with the, the AAPI and, and heritage and and really supporting her cause that it's it's all about education and making sure that you know I think Seattle does such a great job in driving uh, change and and you know just doing things um, and and being a, a voice for the country. Uh, uh, we wanted to be a part of uh, these uh, healthy changes for the future. Mm-hmm. I like that. So since we're talking with you anyway, what else is new at the W Seattle right now? I know you've got an event coming up on May 4th. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thanks, Connie. We, we're always trying to do something different at W Seattle to, to really uh, embrace our, our, our local neighbors and invite the locals into the hotel. And, and to, that, to that point, uh, we've got a couple of activations coming up this month. Um, the one you just referenced, May, May 4th. So if anyone on uh, uh, listening knows, of course, that tends to be a very uh, Star Wars-centric uh, day, and May the 4th be with you. And, mm-hmm. and we decided to tie that into our um, cooperation with uh, City Dog Pound and, and the Mutt Mixer event, and, and <laughs> we, we tend to do those. And and we'll definitely uh, donate proceeds from that event to uh, uh, City Dogcom and some of their uh, foundations that they support. So uh, there's going to be a uh, costume uh, contest where uh, your furry friend and the uh, and of course the humans can come in costume, and we'll we'll definitely give some amazing prizes. We're giving out some free night stay and some uh, some food and beverage credits and we'll just have some fun with it. That's going to be fun. What was the, uh, the drink was the Yoda soda. <laughs> yes. That, that <laughs> one's cute. They, they, they've come up with a very creative bar menu um, that really, if you're a star Wars fanatic, will uh, pay homage to uh, pay honor, honor respect to a lot of the, uh, the star Wars themed events through all the different episodes. So, I'm a little bit of a Star Wars uh, geek <laughs> myself, so I'm going to have some fun with it. <laughs> Interesting to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm bringing my dog, who's uh, his his name is coincidentally Trooper, and he'll he'll be a storm trooper. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Uh, now, how fair is that? If he wins and you get a night at the hotel, how fair oh, no, is that? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not eligible. I, I'm just, I'm there for moral support. <laughs> As is Trooper. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I'll guess I'll have to be Darth Waiter and the Storm Trooper. <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, yeah. You know, no, no, I was just going to say it just brings up the fact that you guys are very much trying to be part of the neighborhood as well as a hotel for travelers. 
Absolutely. You know, we we try to invite all our guests or our locals in to a lot of uh, local centric activities. Another event we have coming up uh, next month, we have something called Booze and Vinyl, where there is a uh, yeah, it's uh, it's actually a book. There's a oh. there's an artist who's basically um, he's come up with a book and he's paired uh, amazing uh, menu or cocktails with certain songs. So he's going to be there doing a a signing, uh, um, book signing, as well as uh, we'll be premiering some of his cocktails that are featured in the book with some of the songs that are being uh, featured. So we'll have some fun with that too. Yeah, it's a music town as well. So that should be very popular. (laughs) Wow. Anything else you want to talk about, Stephen, in terms of the menu or? Um, Nothing really. I mean, we're, we're, excited to you know support this cause and you know if anyone's out there listening you know please join us and come see what it's all about yeah sounds wonderful i can't thank you guys enough for being on today no thank you very much for inviting us Connie. it's great absolutely and thank you for all your support absolutely we're happy we love the w <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna head on to our next segment and thank you again for being part of this thanks for coming on guys Thank you very much. You have a wonderful day, both of you. Thanks. Good afternoon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Willows Lodge, nestled on five landscaped acres in Woodenville, bordering the Sammamish River, bringing wellness and wine country together. Enjoy the serene spa or relax in front of the cozy stone fireplace in every room. Steps away, enter the Barking Frog, a fine dining experience you won't forget featuring seasonal menus, memorable service, and one of the most extensive wine lists in the Pacific Northwest. Step into the Fireside Lounge, an indoor-outdoor casual spot on-site that's perfect for comforting food, cocktails, and local wine on the patio or by the fire. For more information, visit them online at willowslodge.com. Hi, I'm Erica. I live in Finney Ridge in Seattle, and one of my favorite restaurants is Poquito's. This is Ryan Santwire with Paseo Restaurants, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. You're here with Tom Marin and Connie Adams. And as always, we like to end the show with a few tips and tricks. So what do you have up your sleeve this month? Oh, for me? Yeah. Well, um, I have been enjoying working with uh, cast iron skillets. And I now I have a, I guess it's a 10 or 12 inch cast iron pan that doesn't actually have a uh, you know a long handle on it. It mm-hmm. just has little handles oh, yeah. you hold on to. Yeah, you put that baby in the oven at 500 degrees, and you just grab those handles. Ooh. <laughs> do not do this Calloused at home. Calloused hands for days. <laughs> but um, you got to clean them, you know. And uh, I like to work with Swedish dishcloths, but I don't want to clean the pan with the Swedish dishcloths. But what I what I learned is, you know, um, a lot of sinks. 
ceramic, stainless steel, whatever they are, they have a little barrier, so you mm-hmm. have like two sinks in, in mm-hmm. one space. And that little barrier is a nice place to uh, rest the cast iron pan up on top of, except that you'll scratch the heck out of the ceramic or the stainless. Mm-hmm. So I like to take the Swedish dishcloth, wet it, and then set it over the barrier, and then put the pan on top and scrub with a I usually use just a nylon scrub brush or a little mm-hmm. nylon scrubby, those little happy face guys. That's a great idea because I know, depending on the size of the pan, and if it just has the little handles, maybe it would fit in the bigger side of the mm-hmm. sink. But otherwise, most of them don't. Right. And it's heavy. I can't really hold it up the whole time while right. I'm trying to wash it. And you don't want to put it up on top of the counter because you just splash junk all over the yep. place. Yep. So, so good tip. Well, I was thinking about how often if you don't grow herbs in your garden or on your deck, you go to the store and you get the little packages of them. And you almost never use them all for what whatever you're making. Yeah, like thyme or mint or mm-hmm, dill. rosemary, all, all the herbs that died on my patio this <laughs> yeah, winter. Exactly. Well, that's what happened to me. So I had to buy some of those in their, in their packages since I didn't have any more in the deck. And um, you never use them all, and I hate throwing that. It's just like throwing money out, and I hate wasting yeah, food anyway. Yeah, it's like two or three or four bucks a piece. Yeah. So. so I tried freezing them, and it works pretty well. The flavor's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the texture's a bit off as they defrost, So and they do defrost pretty quickly because they're little, you know. Yeah. Um, so cut right away, get them out there, you know, strip them off the, the little branch. And then if you're putting them into something, it's great. If you're sprinkling them over the top of something, not as not good so because good. of the and, texture. And they'll probably go brown, too. I haven't seen the discoloration. Because once they're in the freezer, then all the the vessels explode in there. Mm. And uh, I wouldn't imagine they would go more than about a day before they might turn yeah. brown. I just take out, again, what I need and throw them back in the freezer as quick as possible. Yeah, that's true. You know, but... Um, yeah, it's just it works fine if you've got a soup or a stew or a you know a sauce that you're putting him in. It seems to work really well. Yeah. So. All right. All right. It's time to wrap up. That's our May show. Thanks for joining us. If you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit www.seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. I want you to dine well, dine safe, dine in and out often. Yes, eat all the time. And we'll see you back here on the June Show. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media. It may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music of Fremont Icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show